What's going on there, youth workers? Paul Turner here from the DiscipleProject.net and your host of the Youth Ministry Motion Podcast, the podcast that wants to keep you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. So glad to be with you. I know you're shocked to even hear my voice because you thought that camp would kill me, didn't you? After my last episode, you, you said, you said, Paul, we're not quite sure you're going to make it back. So this could be the final episode. So I know some of you are shocked. And yet, here I am. I survived and I will have thoughts and ideas and uh, shows that will be coming up that have to do with that, possibly of things that I've learned there. But I'm so excited to be with you today. Thank you uh, so much for your prayers. I believe that some of you did pray for me, and I believe that is why camp was an absolute success this year. Our team came in last place, which <laughs> I was not shocked necessarily. I tend not to be on the winning teams. That's just how it goes. I don't think I've ever been on a winning team at our camp ever. And maybe maybe I'm the problem. I don't know. But I do know that we came in last, but our students still had a great time, still put together a killer uh, video, post-camp video, and I can't wait to show it at church this Sunday. And listen, if you're brand new to the program, thank you for checking it out. I appreciate your attention. And if you uh, if you really enjoy it, well, why not go ahead and leave a review over on iTunes? I'll put a link down in the show notes. And you can leave a review and say, hey, Paul, five stars. Way to go, buddy. Here's some, here's some kind words. And I'll be happy to read that review on the next episode. Today, we have a great episode for you with Miss Jamie Kirshner. She is not a full-time youth pastor. She is a volunteer that has been serving 18 years in her youth ministry as a volunteer. And she has a podcast for teen girls called Uncommon Teen. You can find all about that at uncommonteen.com. It is a fantastic resource, which we will get into. But before we get into today's episode, I want to remind you of the many resources that I do offer you as a youth worker. Don't forget, fall is coming up. And I want to remind you that if you're not organized yet, I have resources like My Youth Ministry Playbook. It is the 22-23 school year. It is jam-packed with forms, calendars. It is filled with all the questions you should be asking, but have forgotten to ask yourself. So I am reminding you how to plan. There are articles, there are worksheets, everything in there that you need to plan a successful youth ministry. Now listen to in addition to that, you may need something for your meetings. And you say, look, I got to juice up my meeting, Pauls. What, what can I do? Well, I have my youth meeting playbook, which is all about how to have successful youth meetings. And I take you through the whole process on every piece and part of a youth meeting that you can plan. And then I give you 52 of those planning sheets for the year. And that way you can plan your youth meeting on purpose, not randomness, not just fill in time, but actually constructing a meeting that will actually bring success, that will give God glory and bring students to Christ. It'll help you focus whatever your intent is, whatever your purpose is for that night, and get kids centered in on the truth that you want to speak to them. Maybe you need to go a little bit deeper and you say, look, I need a, I need somebody to talk to, Paul. I need somebody to kind of bounce ideas off of. Well, I have my monthly mentor. And in fact, there's a meeting this Tuesday that if you're interested in that, I'll put a link down in the show notes and you can sign up for that. 
And you, if you sign up for three months, you're going to get the first month for free. You can come in, talk about the fall, talk about how can I get some ideas. You can bounce this off of other youth workers that are part of the community. And finally, if you need monthly resources for your youth ministry, you can always sign up for my Youth Ministry Monthly, where I will send you all kinds of things, whether it's a form I have thought up, whether it's a Bible study, whether it's uh, a, uh, you know, a separate audio from this, uh, you know, part, apart from this podcast where I just have some thoughts and ideas that I want to share. Maybe I'll pass that along to you. But every month you're going to get some resources that are going to help you build a successful youth ministry so you can reach more teens for Christ, disciple more kids, make more lifetime followers of Jesus. That's the goal. That's why I've written all these things. It's not just to sell a bunch of stuff. It's actually written on purpose to help you build the kind of youth ministry that's going to make disciples. And so if you are interested in any of these resources, there will be links down in the show notes. I hope that you will check them out. But right now, let's go ahead and jump into the conversation about how to better minister to the teenage girls in our youth ministries. And I know you're going to get great value from this. So listen in, take notes, and enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Jamie Kirshner. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm excited. I, listen, I've been, uh, uh, I, and this is a truly selfish interview uh, for on my part. I have teenage girls in my youth group, and I need help. <laughs> I, I have to, I have to confess, Jamie. I need help, and that's why you're here today to help me personally, individually, but also helping our audience. Uh, but before we jump into all that, please, uh, because youth workers are heroes. And every hero has an origin story. Tell us your origin story, your, your youth ministry origin story. How did you get here? Well, it really goes back to my childhood. <laughs> so I grew up in a home that was very, my dad was very abusive and my mom was narcissistic. So that doesn't really equal a good combination for a kid. And there were five of us <laughs> as kids. <laughs> wow. And so um, I remember one night I was hiding behind a couch. My dad was on his abusive rampage. I was like trying to hide behind like anywhere I could there where he couldn't find me. And I remember thinking to myself in that moment that I didn't want to go on with life anymore. I was done. And uh, as an eight-year-old, that breaks my heart thinking back at that. I'm like, oh my goodness. (laughs) But that's where I was at. But God really spoke to me on the inside. I, I mean, it wasn't a voice or anything like that, but just on the inside, like it was, he was like, there's a reason you're here and I want you to find out why. And I was like, okay, I'm a determined person. So that's all it took. But uh, going through life, it was very rough. And um, I had a lot of, there was drugs in my home. There was all kinds of craziness. And so I didn't become a Christian until I was 18. And uh, when I was 18, a friend of mine invited me to church. And I was like, this is exactly what I've been looking for. Because I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel accepted. I didn't like none of that. I never had any of that growing up. And um, and so this is the first time I heard about this love thing. And that, that was like, it was real, real to me. And I was like, somebody actually loves me. <laughs> and it, it really transformed my life, my senior year of high school. And uh, so the summer after high school, I went to work at a Christian camp. And it was at that camp, I was walking around one night, and I was not anything glorified. I was not a worship leader. I was not like a counselor or nothing like that. I was a cook at the camp. <laughs> my first my first job, I was a dishwasher. So hey, <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> so I was walking around one night on the campus because I didn't really get, get to talk to the teens that were in, in the camp since I was cooking most of the time. And there's this group of girls that was sitting under a tree. And I walked over to them and I just began to talk to them just to see how they were, who they were. And they were from a foster home that was next door to the camp. 
And I got to share with them my story because I could relate to a lot of the stuff that they went through. I should have been in foster care. I should have been removed from my family, but I wasn't. And so I can totally understand where these people are coming from. And for the first time in their life, they looked at me and they were like, you mean I don't have to live the same life my parents do? And it was like, in that moment, I knew on the inside that I was gonna be working with teams for the rest of my life. I was like, this is it, this is what I'm gonna do. And so I worked at the camp for the next several years. And then um, we moved, I got married, my husband, we moved to Tennessee and uh, where we're currently at now. And we've been a part of the youth ministry now for 18 years. And we are not youth pastors. We are volunteer youth leaders for 18 years under our youth pastor, because we just love teens. That is amazing. Can I just say that is amazing? I just think that's such a great encouragement. So I think everybody that thinks that they have a call to, to teens or to or even to ministering to youth feel like they have to be a full-time, you know, they have to work for the church. They have to, you know, be paid by the church. And yet here you are 18 years later in your church, just serving uh, young people. And I just think that's awesome. I think that's such an affirmation for people that are listening that says, wow, I mean, I don't have to, I don't have to go get a job. I don't have to do that. I can just kind of do my thing with teens if I want. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's powerful, powerful. Um, I did read something, a fun fact on your, on your website on uncommonteen.com uh, that you um, felt the need to um, win a spirit award under your fun facts and I'm so fascinated by this. I can, I do sense the energy though. I do sense. And, and when you said earlier that you are determined, that you're a determined eight-year-old, I can see how that plays into it now. <laughs> so can you give us a quick backstory on, on, on the spirit award and why was the spirit award so important to you? <laughs> you know, I don't really even know. I'm just very competitive, <laughs> but I tried like throughout <laughs> high school, like every year they always have you know, they always have the spirit weeks for like homecoming. And, and so I was like, every year I tried so hard to win the spirit award. I don't know why we were in a, we were in a small school. So I mean, like, I didn't really have, I think there were like 400 in my whole high school. Sure, so I, did, sure. I mean, it wasn't as like crazy as other schools, but I was like, I was so determined and every year never got it. And I was like, like how in the world, like I'm going like all out here <laughs> and my senior year of high school, I was so, I was so excited. I'm like, I finally got the spirit award. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I don't know why. I, I don't know if it was validation just to maybe like feel like I was important or something like that. But I was just like, I was so determined. <laughs> was it a trophy? Do you still have the, the spirit no. trophy or award? No, it was just, uh, you got called up in front of everybody and <laughs> it was like nothing even more than that. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, that's what competitive people do. It's really not, it's really just about the adoration. It's just about the, the you did it. It doesn't have to be perfect, <laughs> right? It doesn't have to be a trophy. Well, today you're here to talk about some issues uh, with working with teen uh, girls. And, uh, and you have a whole, let me tell you something, if, you've not, if you're listening, there's will be a link down in the show notes to uncommonteen.com. It is a wonderful website. It has great resources. I'm stoked about it because I'm going to pass on some of these uh, things like 10 day challenge for moms, uh, you know, the journal for girls. I'm excited to, to pump that out to, to my students and, and see what they'll do with it. But I do want to ask you, because I know that there's a lot. Now, it doesn't always, I mean, if you're new to youth ministry, whether you're a girl or a guy, and you can correct me, by the way, please correct me if I'm wrong. But I feel like male youth pastors struggle more, maybe I'm wrong, struggle more that when there is teen drama, 
especially amongst the girls, the male youth pastors struggle with that more so than the women youth pastors or the female youth pastors. And I know it goes to extremes because I can tell you from a young, when I was a young youth pastor, I thought I could solve things. I'm like, oh no, I'll fix this. Right. And that was dumb. That was a dumb, <laughs> that was dumb. By the way, if you're a young youth pastor, don't do that. And, and number two, the older I got, right. I said, hands off. I am not getting involved in that at all. Although that was probably smart. It still didn't solve the problem of how do I, how do I manage this? Right. How do I get this, you know, work this thing out amongst people. So tell me and other maybe male youth pastors, but also female youth pastors who are struggling with that. It's not that female pastors don't struggle with that, but what can they do when teen girl, you know, what that, that teen girls are, are struggling with the, the, how can they do a better job? How can, how can we do a better job of, of dealing with young ladies? I, I just really feel like we need to have those people who really love teens, especially the women. Like we need to have them come alongside of us. And that, I think that's where our youth pastor is so wise. I mean, he was married. And so his wife is a youth leader among our youth. And then he has us too. And so I, I think, especially when it comes to the women, you really need somebody who can relate to them because, and, and a couple of answers to this story or this, or this question, um, but like you really need somebody to relate to them that can talk to them about certain issues because there are certain things that, you know, guys just don't really need to talk to girls about <laughs> just to be honest. But I think where a lot of youth pastors kind of have a challenge is I think they need to see these teen girls as their spiritual daughters. Like, how would you talk to your spiritual daughter? How would you talk to a daughter that you had? And, and, you know, sometimes there's a time to send them to their mom <laughs> or to their aunt or <laughs> to somebody where it's like, I don't really know where to go with this. And I feel like a lot of times youth pastors take everything on themselves and they try to do everything themselves. And when God has never called us to do that, he has called us to have people come alongside of us to help us because you're gonna burn yourself out and you're not gonna get very far. And this is somebody coming from, I've been with our youth pastor for 18 years. He's been a youth pastor for longer than we've been with him. And uh, and so like, he has not burned out up to this point and he has been very good at this. So I'm thankful that I can even share this with you because we've seen it modeled within our youth ministry, but like, we are able to be there to step in. And I remember years ago, there were two girls and they were friends, but they were fighting. And it was like a, not physically fighting, but like there was a, an issue between both of them. And, uh, and so he's like, I could probably take care of this by myself, but I remember him bringing me in there and it turned out to be like, one of the girls was actually uh, self-harming and like, there was a lot of craziness going on. Her friend was really mad at her for doing that. And like, it was just a, it was a very deeper issue, but like, because I was there to help be supportive of that, you know, like the youth pastor was there too, during this meeting, we're all together. I think that really helped them to understand that, Hey, people care about you and they, they really truly do uh, love you. And, and so I think that's really huge. And like I said, coming from somebody, I didn't grow up as a Christian. And so there were some dark days where self-harming was a part of what I did. And so it was something where I can share them with my story. But like, as a youth pastor, I feel like there are certain things that you can talk to girls about, but there are certain things that we, we definitely don't need you talking to girls about. <laughs> That's right. Please don't. Please don't think you know. Okay. Please yeah. don't. Uh, tell me then too, what then do you think that I think that would help everybody, but male youth pastors, especially 
What do youth, male youth pastors tend to overlook? What do they not, what do we, I uh, speak to me, what do we not get? Or what do we overlook that when we're, pro, when we're in doing youth ministry, what do, we, what do we not understand? What are we overlooking? Because, you know, youth pastors can be so focused on a thing that we're overlooking something about this segment of our youth ministry, young ladies, that we tend to, you know, whether that's because of our, you know, our genes or our DNA or whatever it is, you know, what are we, what are we overlooking? Well, I feel like it just depends really on the person, really. But I think that a lot of times they want to just be that youth pastor that the, the teens, like, think they're a lot of fun, you know, and so a lot of times youth pastors have a lot of fun or they focus on a lot of things like that, but the connections I think are lacking in a lot of different youth ministries. And I think that's a part where that's overlooking because they need to know, I don't know, like in your youth ministry, what it's like, but many, many teens don't have fathers in their homes. They don't know what a father looks like. They, and this is for boys too. I mean, but for the girls, like they don't know what a dad is. They, and they're looking at their dad who's non-existent and they're saying, okay, one day I'm going to get married and, and usually they end up marrying somebody who's like their dad. And so they need somebody as a spiritual dad coming in and being that father to them, you know, like going and going up to them and like asking them, Hey, how are you doing? Like, really, how are you doing? And just having those connections is more than just a surface level issue. It's connecting with them and really caring about them. And, and that's where I think our teen girls could really, really, I mean, that could help them tremendously tremendously i grew up with like i said my dad was very abusive and he was on drugs and so like for me i didn't know what a dad looked like yeah and so really when i started youth ministry our youth pastor was kind of like a spiritual dad to me even though he's only just a couple years older than me <laughs> but he was like a spiritual dad to me because it was like i'd never seen anything like that before in my life i didn't know what that was like and so he really helped me out to know like this is exactly what and it's kind of to dads are kind of a representation of god and so like whenever you're connecting you're taking that time to really care about these girls they see god in you and so and so it just helps you to have that help it helps them to have that better relationship with god because they're like you know he really cared about me like a dad well this is how my god cares about me and so i think that's one of the biggest things that i would say is probably overlooked i think that is a powerful point that you just made because that they see God the Father, right? Representation, example. And that's such a, and listen, that's a, that's a weight we must carry, that if you're a male youth pastor, uh, you bear that responsibility. And that's to all kids, not just, not just your female students, but to all students, right? Because there's guys who, who don't have dads in their lives, but, you know, uh, but the girls in your youth group especially uh, are looking uh, you know, for that example. What does it mean, right, to be, a godly man what does it mean to care what does it mean to you know come out of these situations and and see something that's so strange right that's so uh obscure to them that uh that uh, this you know as a youth pastor you're you're caring about their needs uh and showing them a, a right example of relationship you know where where you're not demeaning or talking down to them or being uh, however you know you're being but i think that's such a a, a powerful statement to make because i think there's youth pastors are listening and watching that really need to consider that as far as their demeanor and as far as how they speak and how they preach and how they do those things. All that's wrapped up into that, which then leads me to another kind of question that how do you connect without the creepiness, right? What's, 
and I think this is really important, right? I think mean, because male youth pastors want to be liked. They just, they yeah. want people to like them. But I think there's, there's a, a, an element there, especially amongst newer youth pastors, that there's a way to connect without being creepy. Do you have any suggestions for that that says, look, just, you know, hold your horses there. Don't be, don't go full guns here. Just, you know, here's some simple ways to connect without the creepiness. Yeah. So that's, a, I mean, it's a great question because I, <laughs> And it also keeps you, I guess my answer is it also will keep you out of trouble with the law (laughs) (laughs) and not that, not that you're going to do anything wrong, but people can say things and because nobody else could back it up. I mean, you can get in trouble. And so one of the biggest things I say is do not ever talk to a girl or be in a a room alone with just a girl or girls. Like that is not, that's like just the appearance of it does not look good. And so somebody can go around and say, hey, well, I saw him in a room with several girls, with several teen girls, and nobody else was in there. And so they can make up rumors, they can start all kinds of stuff, and it can come back on you. And because there's no way to actually back up what you did, and you didn't even do anything, but there's no way to back that up and and show that's true, that you didn't do anything, that it can get you in trouble. And so that's one of the biggest things I say. And also driving in a car with somebody, you don't take a girl home by yourself. (laughs) Right. And if you do, like one thing that we always did as youth pastors and youth leaders in our church is if we had to take a girl home and we had like a, a guy in our in our car too, and say like this is youth pastor driving. Um, and so he has a guy and a girl in his car. The girl lives further away. The guy lives closer. You're going to yeah. drive further away first and then you're going to drop off the guy last, you know, and you're going to have the girl in the back seat, not the front seat. <laughs> and so like th- these are things that are just very important because like that that keeps like that's appearances that's not creepiness well i mean it could be but (laughs) But like but like that that's something that is like very very important but also talking to girls when you're like in a room together and it's just you guys and you're having like a conversation that can be creepy (laughs) like okay like this is weird (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely especially and i would suggest too that if your youth room is further away from the from anybody like if you're meeting in the basement or you're meeting at another building. I mean, it's still very critical to, to have those boundaries. But what would you say maybe in casual conversation? Like example, if there, if there's a normal thing and you come in and you're talking with, maybe there's a new guests that are there, uh, that are young ladies that are guests and so forth. What, what do you recommend as just some casual conversational things that allow you to connect without having to dominate time or spend too much time with somebody to be able to do that. Yeah, I know that um, one of the biggest things, obviously with, with teenage girls, keep it surface level. And then if they need to go deeper, they will go deeper. But then in those moments be like, hey, you know, I would definitely love to talk to you about this more, but you know, call the office. Let's set up a time to, to have talk about this outside of this time period. Cause otherwise it can be very creepy to girls, but just keep it surface level. Hey, how are you doing? Did you have a good week this week? You know, keep it like very surface level in those conversations because that's, that's where it kind of gets interesting. It's where it gets creepy. Cause it's like, okay, this guy is like, he's an adult and he's coming up and he's talking to me. And <laughs> it's like, or if they're a younger youth pastor, that's when crushes can happen. And then you have all these different things that you have to deal with. And so uh, with girls, if it's just girls, if it's a group of girls and guys together, you can go a little bit deeper with them together because it's a mixed crowd. But sure. if it's just girls or just a girl, just keep it surface level. Keep it super, super simple. Like, hey, how are you doing? <laughs> How's your week? Where do you go to school? You know, that 
normal stuff that you can you can ask. Don't try too hard, right? Yeah, exactly. Don't, you don't have to try too hard. You're just, yeah. you're just trying to build that connection and that and that initial relationship, and then kind of move on from there to where they don't sense like you're, you know, trying too hard. Um, yes. And that that brings me to uh, maybe a a deeper thing as we kind of move into the programming aspect of it, because I think these are super important principles that every, every youth pastor, and, and it's true for females with guys too, maybe, you know, not being in a room with them. I mean, we're seeing, you know, things, yeah. issues with teachers, you know, in our, in school yeah. systems and things like that. So I think the rules, those types of rules to apply across the board. That's how it is um, in our church. It is that way it, with guys or girls, you just cannot be in the, the same room with the opposite sex by yourself. <laughs> Yeah, and that is a good rule to have. So as as we move then, those are those are critically important principles. I think every youth ministry needs to have in their youth ministry as a part of that. It's 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 part of your um, system as far as how you do things. But then you get to things like programming, and you get to things like you know, you know how do how should guys male youth pastors is there are there things that that youth pastors that program that they need to keep in mind. They need to keep the young ladies in their group in mind. I know everybody wants to play like, listen, I believe a girl can do anything, right, that guys can do, right? So I believe that wholeheartedly. So, but is there anything I'm missing as far as the programming aspect of it, uh, not to differentiate, but to figure out what, what do young ladies need when you're programming, right? How can we be better at that? How can we understand and then meet needs Based in our based on the students we have, and then how we program things. I think that's a really interesting question because I don't know. I, I mean, you have people that have like so many different interests and different things like that. I think that if you're just speaking your messages, and I don't know that you have to have anything that's specific towards a girl or make sure that you're keeping things out. Like you can talk about like weightlifting and things like that, and you know whatever. And you're gonna have girls in your youth ministry probably who are like better weightlifters than guys are, you know, and like, I don't think that it really matters so much the programming, I think the message is what matters the most. And, uh, and just listening to God and how he wants you to share it. But I don't, I mean, obviously, you don't want to well, like say things that are like, derogatory or like, whatever, you no, know, like, no, right. And I just know what you're saying about <laughs> messages, right in the messaging, but maybe the calendar, like, is it super important that youth pastors make sure they schedule a girls retreat? Is it a girls only retreat? Is it important that girls small groups are really important to the calendar or, or things like that? Are there certain programming elements that youth pastors should look at and go, hey, maybe I'm not meeting, maybe I'm not creating the space needed for, for certain, you know, aspects that, that need to happen. Yeah, so our church is a little bit different. We don't do retreats or things like that. We do conferences, but we don't do them like guys versus girls. We do like, I mean, everybody's together. Sure. Uh, but one thing that I love that we do is, and we do Bible studies once a month. And during those Bible studies, we split up the guys and the girls and we split them up middle school, high school guys or middle school girls, high school girls, then like, you know, same thing with guys. Right, <laughs> and right, then right. we have a youth leader that takes over each one of those groups and we pray for them. We talk to them. And I think that's very, very important because I'll tell you, a lot of these girls in our youth ministry, 
we have in our youth ministry, we're kind of split up. We split the middle school and high school, although we have one youth pastor. And so like half of the service, the uh, middle school is in our game room and that's where we do our connection time. And then right. the other half is doing their message and their praise and worship. And then we swap. Okay, <laughs> that's great. So, so that's how we do our, so in the connection room, like this is really huge. Like this is where we take that time to really dig deeper. And we see in that connection room too, though, you have girls that are like, or guys either that are closed off. They don't want anything to do with you, but we find out like if they come to these Bible studies and they've split off in these groups, they are the first ones to open up because they don't feel comfortable in a, a big room with all the stuff that's going on with them. But you split them up in a smaller group and you're really listening to them and you really care about them. They're going to open up. And I think that's huge. And I think it's important. Something that that we're uh, talking about doing within our connections side, the game room side is doing those kinds of things more than just the Bible study so that we can really connect with these students because they're, they're having, they're, it's a tough life. I mean, I can't even imagine the anxiety and the things that they're walking through right now. I mean, it was crazy when I was a teenager, but then you have COVID, all the isolation and reintroducing yourself to public. I'm like, yeah, you're walking through some crazy stuff. And so they need that time where they're just them. Like they have like people their age, that is their gender <laughs> and they're like in the same you know group they need to have that is yeah. it i mean it teaches them what it's like it teaches them i can teach them hey this i was you once <laughs> and now this is how far god took me and they can see that and be like okay you're further ahead of me and this is where i can go and and it should go without saying but you should have a female leader for yes. your female groups so you know don't don't just throw anybody in there no, right no, no. Don't, don't don't do that make sure you're very specific and very intentional about that because i think that 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 you know don't be tone deaf okay don't think well anybody can do that uh, no. girls have special needs okay just you know they gotta they gotta have a special person yeah and they won't they won't open up if if you put a guy in their group they're not going to open up <laughs> this is not going to happen do don't do that don't do that <laughs> but i uh, you you do mention that talking about the you know that growing up and, and having, you know, uh, the challenges that young ladies face today, uh, what would you suggest to those, uh, to me, to me especially, <laughs> but also to, uh, to those that are listening, those that are watching, what are some struggles right now that you think maybe this needs to have a little bit more awareness, uh, that youth pastors need to be a little bit more aware of, and then somehow figure out how to, um, you know, how to address these things within your youth ministry? I think they need to be, not be afraid to talk about the hard things, the the big things going on, like the, the culture and the lies that the culture is trying to tell our, our teens. You know, that's the whole reason why I started the Uncommon Teen Podcast, because I kept having teens like who are not a part of our church, but like other places, just talking about how nobody ever talks about the hard stuff. Like, I don't know how to walk through. How do I walk through loneliness? What does that look like? Cause I like when I'm by myself, I hate who I am. You know, they don't talk about the hard things or um, the world tells me I need to be this way, but God says I need to be this way. What's true. I don't know. You know? And so it's like, my feelings tell me this, but God tells me this. So do I live by my feelings or do I live by the word? And that's what the youth pastors I think really need to focus on. They really need to hit on the hard talk topics and not be afraid to, because so many times I think, some youth pastors, and I'm in groups with youth pastors, that's why I, I can say a little bit of this, but I sure. think they're so afraid of like making it fun and making it engaging that they totally forget that that's all surface level. And once they graduate high school, it's done, it's over with, they forgot. They just knew how much fun they had, but they didn't actually learn anything. And so hitting on those hard topics, like those are things that they can take with them and say, you know what, when I'm walking through anxiety, when I'm walking through 
feeling like nobody cares about me and I'm worthless, this is what I can do. These are the steps that I can take so I can overcome them because this is what God's word says and it works. And so that's, that's one of the biggest things I just encourage. And especially when it comes to teen girls, I mean, comparison is huge. They think that if they don't look a certain way or act a certain way or have the certain friends, then they're nothing. And that's not what God says. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, it's, you're just nailing it because I think, like you said, there's a lot of youth pastors who create ministries who says, look, I want to make sure that youth ministry was fun, that their memory of the youth ministry was something positive. But it's also, I, I like to say, listen, I'm not making a disciple for four years. I'm making lifetime disciples. I'm making disciples who will live for Christ far beyond their senior year in high school. And those tools that you're talking about is building in and talking about the hard things. How incredibly important is that, that you talk about the hard things and then how to approach, uh, how to build steps, how to build principles, how to build biblical worldview on the hardest things that we're talking about. And you're saying, listen, youth pastors, don't shy away from that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I've had, I've had so many girls come and talk to me and say, I can't tell you how much this message, this podcast episode changed my life. I've never heard this before. I've been in church my whole life, never heard it before. Mm. And I, I had somebody email me yesterday and she's like, I just found your, your podcast. I'm listening to all kinds of episodes. Like I've just been binge listening all day long. And she's like, I've been a Christian my whole life and I got discouraged. And because I heard what you, what you were saying, now I'm on fire for God again. And I can't wait. And like, that's, that's what as youth pastors, as youth leaders, that's our heart. And like you said, like creating disciples for life. And it, as a motto in our youth ministry, it's we're developing sold out and solid Christians who serve Jesus for a lifetime. Yeah. And so like, that's our, that's our motto in youth ministry. Like that's what we are creating. Not just like you said, during the high school years, but on further on and for them, well, how cool would it be to like, come back when they're like 30, 40 years old and they see you as a youth pastor and be like, I can't tell you how much you changed my life. Yeah, that's, let me tell you, I, I, I you know, gratefully, uh, I have a young man who was in my youth group who, who has his own podcast now, and he had me as a guest, <laughs> and I was so nervous, and, uh, and he was super, super complimentary, but, but that's exactly it. These kids that we have in our youth group now are eventually going to have their own podcast and YouTube channels and, tick, and TikToks and all those things, and we're preparing them for these platforms or whatever they're at, whether they're online or offline or the boardroom or the classroom or whatever they're doing. And that these kids will come back to you. It is, it is just, it's something I've experienced. I'm sure it's something you've experienced as well, where they come back and say, Hey, that time that we did this thing or that time that you taught about that, I still carry that with me today. And it's such a, a, a an important idea of long-term, long-term thinking when it comes to youth ministry, because you're going to not just disciple a kid when they're in 10th grade, you may still be discipling them when they're uh, just about to get married, uh, when they're 35, when they're 40, and they still need somebody to call. And you could be that, be that resource for them, you know, even in their lives still then. Yeah, right? absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll tell you too, if they need ideas for topics on girls, <laughs> look at my podcast episodes. Cause I'll tell you, that's what I do. I talk to girls <laughs> and I talk to teen girls and, and I don't care. Use my stuff. I really don't care. <laughs> oh, no, but I think Jamie, I think that's such a great idea. I think that's just a great idea. Cause I've done it too, where I've taken, look, I think a podcast episode, maybe you just need it is, you know, if you're a, 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 you know, female small group leader, well, why not play the podcast? The episodes aren't super long, right? You could use portions or whatever, play it right there in your, in your room. 
and then use that as a jumping off point of conversation uh, with your group. Uh, it's a great way to introduce your students to the podcast, right? To say, look, you can listen to this on your own. Just subscribe over here or go to uncommonteam.com and check it out for yourselves. But I think it's also wise that, that you know, male youth leaders look at that list as well and say, here's some things that I need to be thinking about maybe yeah. when, I'm, when I'm doing a biblical topic that applies to both sexes maybe and saying, this is important. I need to, I need to make sure this is, you know, as part of the equation. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't say that for them to listen to my podcast and for it to get numbers. I don't care about that well, kind of stuff. I, I am. I'm saying it for you. <laughs> I'm saying it for you because I think it's a, I think the podcast is, is good enough. It's great. And I think it, it should be listened to. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I say it more because I just want to make a difference in the lives of this generation. That's why I say it. I don't say it for the numbers. I could care less about the numbers. I just want I want to make a difference. That's that. I mean, that's the biggest reason why. So I just want to clarify that. I don't want it to be like, no, listen to my podcast because it's all about me. It's not about me. It's about, about what God's doing through me to reach these this generation. So a hundred percent. And I, like I said, when something's good, though, you ought to share it with others. And I think this podcast is good. I think it's a great opportunity for young people to listen and get what they need. But I also think it's a a, um, a little peek behind the scene for youth workers to look at the topics you're looking at and saying, Maybe this needs to be a, of something that I'm seeing in my youth ministry that maybe I need to address through a girl small group or when I'm speaking or just be conscious of it, that these are things that need to be a part of that. And I want you to brag a little bit more because let me tell me more. First of all, where can people find you if they are interested in connecting with you? Where, how can they do that? I, I mean, they can always connect with me through uh my email is probably the best, but through I have an app. It's uh, it's the Uncommon Teen app, or it's called. Or it's, let me give you the right address. <laughs> <laughs> you can find the app at www.uncommonteenapp.com. Pretty simple. You can connect with me directly through there. Um, also on my website, uncommonteen.com. That's really where you can find everything that I do. You can find all the resources that I have. You can find the podcast through there. It's just a one-stop shop, so that you can <laughs> find 100%. that stuff. But, but I mean, yeah, definitely feel free to reach out to me through email. I mean, my email is jamie at uncommonteen.com. Pretty simple. <laughs> pretty, pretty simple. And there's other resources there as well. She does coaching, uh, which I think is phenomenal. Uh, there's a lot of great resources there. It's a great place to kind of go and, and check some things out. So as we begin to wrap up, Miss Jamie, tell me, have I missed anything? Is there anything that you say, look, this is important. You didn't ask about this, but I think it's important enough to share with youth workers both male and female, uh, about young ladies that you think maybe here's some little tips or, or whatever it is that may be on your heart to, to share with them. Because I, I, I feel like, you know, I don't want to just confine uh, to these, you know, four questions. Uh, there's something maybe underneath there that says, hey, I really want to make sure youth pastors understand this. Just going back to that connection piece. I think that's huge. I mean, even if it's just those surface level conversations, because it's just a group of girls or whatever, having you go up to them every single week having you like really pour into their lives and really care about them. I think that that speaks volumes. And that's really just what I want to just focus on again is just uh, those connections. Those connections are what's going to make a difference because and they know when you're phoning it in. they know when you don't really want to be there. They know when you didn't prepare the night before. They know because yeah. the one thing about this generation that I absolutely love is they want genuine. And so just be genuine, just be you, just be who God created you to be. Don't try to be somebody you're not, just be you and connect with these girls. And that's all that you need. <laughs> Jamie, it couldn't be well, better well said. And Jamie, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your heart 
on the uh, on the show today and i hope that a lot of people visit your podcast uh get the knowledge you're dropping there and uh and become better youth workers i just i pray that together we can really just touch this generation and that is our episode for today give it up for jamie kirshner wow what a powerful powerful testimony great advice and once again i hope that you guys benefited from that i hope that you listened and took notes and all that kind of good stuff man i hope you're giving it up for her. i hope you're giving her some mental spiritual physical applause uh, because she's doing a great work and i hope you'll check out her website uncommonteen.com use some of the suggestions that we offered in the interview that you maybe use with your youth group and uh, maybe just send her a message to say hey i heard you on the on the uh, youth ministry motion podcast hey great resources and once again if you are brand new with us today thank you so much for being here and if you're a regular as always thank you for your time and attention uh the review is open to all of you if you would like to leave a review which and i hope you do because it's going to help this podcast get found and it's going to help youth workers just like yourself listen if nobody's telling you that you're doing a good job you're probably doing a good job just keep going don't give up you're going to get better at all these things. So I want to encourage you with that today, and I will catch you guys in the next episode.